Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Episode 62. We've made it to 62 episodes, almost through 62 episodes. We made it through 61. We'll be 62 when we're done with this one. It is the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca, back again. Cold in New York. You're not very cold. Yeah, I'm surprised you're saying it's cold because you, you, since you started working for AccuWeather, you don't care about like how cold it is or the winds or everything is nothing well, I, to you. What, what makes you say I don't care? I <laughs> because, care. Because oh, trust I, me, I care. I was walking to, when was this? This was yesterday. So yeah. what day removed from the day we're recording this. The Nets are playing the Kings. I'm walking to Barclays Center. You yep. you asked me to update something. I don't remember what it was. Then I was like, I'll update it when I I'm, when I'm get to Barclays Center. It's cold as hell right now. And you said, you're cold ain't that cold or something like that. Because you weren't cold is where I was. I know. It was like nine degrees here. It was negative thirty nine where you were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want, let me say it felt like negative thirty nine with the real with the wind. It was about like negative seven. So it was negative thirty nine. It's the same thing. Negative seven, yo, negative thirty nine. Once you get into the negatives, they're all the I same. I just got this conversation. <laughs> me and my dad had this conversation today, so that that's that's even interesting. Yo, it was. I was trying to say relatively, I would have been thrilled to have been in your situation. And here's what's funny. When I got back, I was in Albany. For people who don't know, I was in Albany covering the snowstorm, and then temperatures went to extremely chilling stuff. I came, when I came back to NYC, I'm, yo, that 10, 12 degrees makes such a difference. It makes such a difference. That is true. It no, made a true. huge difference. That's true. Like, I was that's like, true. yo, it's still really cold, but if you had experienced what I experienced, no, thank yo, you. Yeah. No, thank you. You didn't want to. No, thank I you. I never felt cold like I, that. I, 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 I would like one of those checks, but other than that, no. With the wind, <laughs> no. I, I, I look. I mean, I'm grateful to be doing what I'm doing, but the wind never touched me like that. I've oh, never man. been touched by the cold like that. Oh no, yo! From just standing here, my face was stinging. It hurt to smile. Yo, uh, but <laughs> I had a similar feeling here, so I can't imagine what it was like over there. Yeah. Remember, remember, I'm not six two and 185 pounds. It doesn't so, matter but, how tall you are. No, but what that I'm saying is, hit you. the wind will push me back further because I'm not that big. Yeah, well, well, th- well, that's a whole other problem. Even though you're I'm gonna, in shape, you're going to be cold. Limited and body back. fat over here. Well, th- yeah, you're going to be cold <laughs> and pushed back. You know, one thing I will say, and I don't want to really give give an endorsement, but I, but I'm going to say this. Um, from dealing with the cold for this trip, I bought some Under Armour thermal. Mm, yeah, they have good thermals. They're Bruh. a little bit problematic, but they have some good thermals. Bruh, <laughs> you can't go back. <laughs> like what? Like like I had other thermal. Yeah, I can't even look at that thermal now. When I ran track in high school, I used to wear Under Armour thermal. Yo, but underneath. it's so good. Yeah, no, it's really like good. you can tell when you the instant you put it on. Yo. you know it's better than any other thermal you put. No, on. it's it's true. 
It's so it's like, super I'm not true. even trying to make this an ad for Unarmor, but if Unarmor you want to give us some of that money, we'll definitely take that. Yeah, we can edit out the problematic part I just said. Yes, we shout can. out Steph Curry. So, yes, <laughs> Steph Curry said something about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, man, Under Armour. Yeah, salute. So that's, that's uh, as much as I'm going to say to that. So, so that's where you've been. You've been in Albany. Um, yeah, freezing my freezing my behind off. Like seriously, it was really cold. Yeah, that, cold. That, so I, cold you stand there, it looks like you're crying. Yeah, I, I've been there before, just not to Albany. It's basically Canada, so I'm not too interested. I mean, I'm interested in Canada, actually, not Albany. <laughs> so like, what you got against Canada? No, I like Canada. Oh, well, I, I've never been to Canada, you know but funny? I think I would like Canada. You know I'd want to go to Toronto before I go to Albany or Buffalo. Toronto's great. Yeah. Montreal's also great. I, I heard. That's uh, what, that's speaking of Montreal, while I was in Albany, there was a uh, guy and his wife ended up talking to on the street, and uh, not for too long because it was cold, <laughs> but... Uh, the wife was from Montreal. She was like basically saying like, this ain't cold. Hmm. Montreal, we've had more than this. She was like, hmm. this is nothing. So which goes to the point of where we come back, there's levels to everything, man. Yeah. The cold you was feeling in here, I was looking at you like, this is nothing. And she's looking at me like, what you complaining about? Bro, I had I had long johns. I shouldn't need long johns. I'm hairy. You know what I'm saying? Like, Thanks. <laughs> Everybody needed to know that. I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can look at my face and you can tell. No. The I fact, sh- no, no, see, I disagree with this. The fact that you're Puerto Rican is why you would need long johns. I shave my chest. You so don't? It's like, it's it, there's levels to that. You also. are hairy. Yeah. But I shave. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We can let that rock. Hair does not also <laughs> guarantee that's going to trap in the heat for you. But it does make a little bit of a difference. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, shout out to the women with hairy forearms like mine. It makes a difference. No, no shout out for me <laughs> on that. I'm not going to shout out on that. Anyway, we got a lot to get into uh, in this episode. This is going to be an episode we're going to hit a bunch of different topics because uh, Brian and I spoke about some stuff. And we're like, this is a really uh, diverse array of topics uh, in this episode. Oh, uh, we're going to start it off. We got a lot to talk we actually, about. We actually have, this is a rare episode. We actually have a list. They're not rare. Yeah. I shouldn't say rare. Sometimes we just go. But we have an extensive list. Like, today. Uh, stuff that we want to definitely talk about. Right. Uh, a couple things going on in NBA. We haven't. Uh, really giving a super huge focus to the NBA. Your boy. Um, my boy. Your boy. I, you know, I'm tired of people doing Don't stop putting <laughs> people as my boy when I have no affiliation with this person. Or people do that with me all the time. You I don't know what like I'm that. Yeah. I mean, either. But then I just give it back to people. I make everybody their boy. <laughs> I make people you don't want to be your boy, your boy. You've done or that. Or your girl. I think you've done that to me yep. before. Yeah. Oh, I have. I can think of people right now. Yeah. People, you do not want to be your boy or your girl. We'll keep that off air. Yeah. We'll <laughs> um, I, you're talking. Who's my boy? Carmelo Anthony. Well, Carmelo uh, was a guy I enjoyed watching play for the Knicks. I wouldn't necessarily call him my boy. Yeah. That would be Sky Zoo's boy. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, uh, getting into the Carmelo Anthony situation, uh, let me just start off with this. Back in 2014, right, I went to uh, Dick's Sporting Goods with my brother. And I'll never forget this because I was, like, shopping for stuff. I was getting ready uh, for, I don't remember what, but we were just, like, shopping for clothes or whatever. This summer 2014, Carmelo Anthony was a free agent. I remember seeing a pair of Jordan's the Carmelo, you know, uh-huh. signatures or whatever in white, red, and black. And I thought he was going to the Bulls. True story. Well, now he's, on, now he's at the Bulls. And I thought at that time, as a lot of people did, that he should have signed with the Bulls and signed with – the team that had Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah, because people thought back then at Jimmy Butler that they would probably be ready to win now if he had went there as opposed to opting for the money and signing with the Knicks. And now, per Adrian Wojnarowski, he is 
with the Chicago Bulls but probably won't even play a game. He will not play a game. It's, it's probably. He it's, will not play a game. So my brother got home from work today, and we were tossing around some fits as to who Carmelo Anthony could end up on, and it would make sense. And I have a couple of interesting ones that I thought of. First, <laughs> I don't like the face you're making, no. but I also do. <laughs> first, of all, first of all, we're going to eliminate one. We're going to eliminate a couple things here. Okay. Eliminate a couple things. Here. Okay, you're gonna legislate this. The one regulate this the, the, because remember we talked about this. This has to be paid five or six Shout podcasts out Warren G. ago. Um, anybody, anybody who's out there on that, he needs to come back to the Knicks tip. No, no, no. And I'm some of you put, out there on need to come to the Nets tip. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. All right. I understand yeah. that they're trying to make the playoffs. They'll be fine. Let's they don't get, need let's, Carmelo. Anthony. Let's get one other thing out the way first because I also want to hear your take on this. Uh, per Woj, the the rumor, the reports, not rumors, the report he reported that the Lakers have interest. I was talking with a friend of mine who's a diehard Laker fan last night, and he's like, nah. And I kind of feel him. Mm. Like, now, here, can the Lakers use some spacing uh, in terms of somebody who could hit a shot from outside and could Melo do that for them? Yeah. Sure, but that's contingent upon one thing, and this is what I was saying to my boy. What's that one thing? Is he going to be willing to accept that role? Off the bench. Off the bench as a guy who's going to be a spot-up guy. I think he can. I think he could. Ex- I think he has all the talent to excel at that role. It sucks, man. That's contingent on, like, pretty much – all every, anywhere he can go, he pretty much has to come off the bench. Except one of the teams. I think it's a team in the Pacific Northwest. No, but no. that is one of the teams I thought of. Okay, Portland yes. is definitely one of those. Who I was teams. thinking about. Yeah, because you know Lillard, McCullough, Nurkic—they need help. They need another wing that can score. Mo Harkless having a bad offensive season, even though he is playing well defensively. Yeah. You know, you need After another. After a decent year last year. He's somebody like, yo, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could start on that team in the place of Mo Harkless. You probably would prefer him to provide instant offense off the bench, especially since, like, look, your main sources of offense, you don't want them all to start together. The reason why that 54-win Nick team worked so well was because J.R. Smith was averaging 18 points off, off the, the bench. bench. And Carmelo Anthony, the same player, was starting and was an MVP candidate that yep. season. So. You know, you got to separate those two, and the reason why it works with the Nets is because they have Spencer Dinwiddie in that role, so on and so forth. Jamal Crawford's been doing this his whole career. One team that I do think he can go to, You're smiling, and I do think he can start on, uh, is a team that is trying to make the playoffs. They are currently in the playoff hunt, and if the playoffs would be today, are in the West? If the playoffs would be today, they would be eighth in the Eastern Conference. The Charlotte Hornets. No, I no, I said that month. I said that the last time. That would make sense. And that wouldn't. He's and, automatically second best player on the team. That's what I'm. That's what I was gonna say. That, Listen, I think they should also trade for Enos Cancer, but that's another story. Um, Charlotte, if you really, if you really want to do it, if you really want to make the playoffs, look, you could. I'm sure. I'm sure they could. Remember, I told you about the Biombo Enos Cancer swap, and the Knicks could get maybe a draft pick or two. I don't know if the Knicks would actually do that because Biombo got that fat $17 million player option next year that you would probably want to buy out or some form. I don't want to see Biombo in the Knicks. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But getting serious, Carmelo Anthony, I mean, how much better does that make the Hornets? It probably makes the Hornets – It probably that's where he probably elevates the team the most is going to Charlotte. Because he automatically becomes their second best player, and uh, Kemba has another reliable source. But of the problem, okay. But here's the thing: he does elevate that team. The problem is 
what's the ceiling for that team? Charlotte, maybe they go I, from eight to six. No, I agree. I'm just talking about with what they want because they want to compete now. I don't know on what level. I'm, I assume that because they're like, look, we want to show – they want to make a commitment to Kemba Walker. They've it, made that clear. I, I get that. They want to make a commitment to Kemba Walker. So in doing so, you want to have some sort of a winning culture and make the playoffs and be able to resign which, him. Which I understand that that I, show, I still think that the ceiling, though, the six. way – There's no ceiling higher than six for the Hornets. Yeah, that. and I, not. I would probably say, like, I don't think Carmelo Anthony makes that team better than what the Nets are going to be. I'm not so sure of that either. I'm not so sure that they're even better than Miami, which would still leave them in eighth. John Miami's been playing good since they have been have Justice Winslow playing point guard. Yes. Fantasy pickup of the year so far. Yeah. Off the waiver wire. Although I just uh, I just had to drop JaVale McKee. Speaking of fantasy, <laughs> how about my season? Oh my god. How about my season? We're, we're not going to get too deep into this because yeah. we're going to negotiate trades off the air. <laughs> but yeah, but I, all I will say is I started off zero and five. I'm now seven and seven. Bro, I'm one and two I, without LeBron. I don't want to talk about it. But back to Carmelo yeah. Anthony. <laughs> uh, um, um, I think I still think he actually. To my argument would be, I think he actually could elevate Portland more because I think that it would make probably. Portland a at least a threat of being like a second round team more than they are right now. I'm not sure that as they're currently constructed, they still need some wing help. Nurkic just played better this year than I thought. You know what sucks? But still don't. They still need wing score. You know what sucks, though, about with both of these teams? I do think that I agree Portland's ceiling, even with or without him, is going to be second round out. Charlotte, first round out. Yep. Um, Washington is another team that some people have thrown around. Why? <laughs> they, Why? They're going nowhere. They don't want to rebuild, apparently. Apparently they did, and now they did. I don't know what the hell is going on. But basically, like. I don't believe that. But they're the kind of organization who, look, they traded for Trevor Ariza. And even without, like, well, that made sense at the time when they did it to some degree. Yeah. Uh, not not trading Kelly Oubre though. They weren't going to resign Kelly Oubre for Trevor Ariza though. I mean, I, they're I, trying to get somebody that can help them this year for somebody that was only going to help them help them this year. Or what they were looking at is, I think that this is what I think. Don't be surprised if Trevor Ariza gets traded again. I don't think that's, he's going to end up. That, that's what I think. I don't has think he's to gonna, happen. But it's going to. I think it's going to. The whole thing. But the whole. Th- I could see them getting mellow because I think that the way things have been run there, they're delusional enough to think that they can still compete on some level in the Eastern Conference well, some, even without John Wall. I mean, I don't know what. As long as they don't give up too much to Chicago, I don't know what Chicago <laughs> thinks they're going to get. Give, give well, I don't know what Chicago thinks they're going to get necessarily for Mello. Chicago but, not even getting Sadaransky. Yeah, your boy. It's not my boy. <laughs> nice pickup in fantasy. Not my boy. Opportunistic pickup, but not my boy. He turns the ball over too much. That's all. <laughs> um, but that, but yeah. Okay, so you I'm like Melo? Charlotte would look. Charlotte, look, Charlotte. Or, makes sense. Orlando's another team where they're uh, they're in such nah. right. Yeah, yeah. I agree. He doesn't want to go there. But they're <laughs> they're in disarray. I mean, look. I don't even know what kind of options Melo actually has at this point. Suitors and things like that. But look, I, man. <laughs> There ain't too many options, is what I'm trying to say. I don't think the Lake. I, here's what's, what I find interesting. Last thing I'll say on this is Philly. I'm not. No, that's not gonna. I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana. Although Philly could use his type off the bench because he'll help with their spacing. He could help that team. It's not crazy. Indiana. I don't see it either. Ooh, what about Milwaukee? It's a good spacing spot for him, but what are you giving? It's all to me is about what are you giving up, and this is the point it I was going to make. It can't be much. But here's my thing. Because nobody wants to give up much, what I think is going to happen is a lot of people are going to be like, I'm not giving up anything. I'll just wait till he tries to get a buyout with the Bulls. I think 
He's but not going to play for the Bulls. Eventually, at some point, the Bulls, he'll, they'll come and say, well, we're going to have to cut our ties and buy him out. They'll have the salary. And that, that's the interesting thing with this trade deadline. I don't think people are going to be as willing to give up assets for a rental player. And right. some teams are going to say, yo, I'm going to just wait till March 1st. Unless you re- – see, now, if you're Charlotte, you can't do that. If you're Portland, you might be able to do that. If you're Milwaukee, you could definitely wait till March 1st. Right, because you're going to be there regardless. Right. Charlotte would have to – if they want to go for it, they got to go for Orlando, it. Orlando. So the Bulls are going to try to play with those teams that are desperate enough that want to make the playoffs that haven't made in a few years to see if they can do it. Well, they should. They're questionable for an office. They could. That is the other <laughs> thing, too. I mean, Melo probably – You might be too smart to speak for them. Melo doesn't <laughs> – yes, I might be. Melo doesn't have much of a say here, but he doesn't – I can tell you what. He doesn't want to go to Orlando. Uh. There was something that I saw, and I hit up Brian because it irked me. I was annoyed. I was on Twitter. I think this might be about two weeks ago from the time we were recording this podcast. I was scrolling through there, and I saw a tweet by the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it had a little video. It was a tribute video announcing that they will be retiring the number of the great. Number four, who played for the Sonics and the Thunder. He will be the first number retired in franchise history. That is Nick Collison. I'm going to pull up his stats. Yes, because you probably know where I'm going. <laughs> Nick Listen, this lit a fire in Collison. the group chat. People were, people were like okay with it. People were not happy. Who's okay with this? Uh, Jonathan Gomez. Who's okay? Why? <laughs> Why are you okay with this? Because it's a good story. No, it's not a good story. It's mediocrity. <laughs> we're celebrating mediocrity. I, I am not okay with this. Most of us weren't. I am not okay with Why, this. L- look, let me tell you something. I'm I'm about standards. Hall of Fame is for excellence. Yeah. Retiring numbers is for excellence or at least a very strong contributing role to a championship. Right. Has Nick Collison done that? No. See, and, and, and a counterpoint that I saw some people say was like, oh, would you get mad at the Heat for retiring Udonis Haslam's jersey? And I'm like, no. that's a little different. No. You know why it's different? He, in some points, I know some of the last coach champs who was a uh, – very good role player mm-hmm. that played his entire career with that organization. Now I understand that they, won they three championships. Three championships that matters, and yeah, and he's from there. He's from Miami. That that yes. kind of matters too. Nick Collison, I understand he played his entire career with this one franchise. He's from Iowa. He, what's his What's his career averages? He does not have double digit averages in anything, if I'm not mistaken. The highest amount of points he averaged in the season, the most amount of points, probably he eight or nine, nine point eight. Okay, so eight and nine, uh, and nine point four rebounds. Which is in a different season. His career averages, he averaged six points and five point two rebounds. Does you that, are shaking your head. Does that sound like somebody whose numbers deserves to be up? Through nine hundred and ten NBA games, he started one hundred and seventy seven. At Udonis has him, I'm pretty sure he started more games than that. Way more. He used to be a starter for a while. So here's here's my problem, and right? He, and Udonis Haslam, like you said, three championships in which he was a key contributor on. He's from Miami, Florida, sixteen years with the Heat. Yeah. And <clears throat> has at least averaged double figures in four seasons. He used, yep. to, have, he used to be a double-double guy. For yes. his career, he averaged eight and seven, which would probably I'd, put him amongst the franchise I, leaders in both points I and rebounds. I would have zero problem with the Heat retiring Udonis' Haslam number. Yeah. He's an exception. He's part of the championship teams. Played his, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Now, here's the problem. Let's fast forward 20 years from now. Some father is sitting with his kid, son or daughter, and they're at whatever the arena is in Oklahoma City. They're sitting there. And the little kid looks up and is like, hey, Dad or Mom, that number four up there, Nick Collison, what kind of player was he? 
How great was he? Because I know about that other guy that's up there that's number zero. He <laughs> averaged a triple-double for three straight seasons. And maybe or maybe not, he eventually won a championship. And maybe they also retired a bit nice and they decided to retire. Number 35 is up there. And 13. For Kevin Durant. And maybe number and, nine. And maybe maybe those guys. Right. But definitely the zero and 35 yeah. are probably on their way up there, right? <laughs> and you're going to look up there and you're going to see zero, possibly 35, but definitely zero. Yeah. And next to it is number four. And how are you, as an adult, going to explain to your kid that this place that's reserved for greatness has somebody who never averaged double digits once in his career in any category? How are you going to explain that? That did not win a championship. He, he actually never even averaged double-digit field goal attempts in the season. <laughs> how? How is this guy up there? Yo, okay, here's the thing. I, it's a, I'm not stupid. I understand why OKC is doing this. No, no, no. I understand why OKC is doing this. This is so you can have a night. Clout. Right? So you, No, 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 no. You can have a night, and if your team isn't good, this is funny. It's going to happen next year. The team should be good. You can get people to come in the building because people love to come in and see the retired number of fan favorites. Fan favorites don't get the number retired. They don't get the number. This, this yeah, is ridiculous. all the time. No, they should not. Look, if the Knicks didn't retire Allen Houston's number, Nick Collis's number shouldn't be retired by the Sonics slash Thunder. I'm a Nick fan who said back in the day, people said to me, oh, man, I think the Knicks should retire John Starks and Charles Oakley's number. I love John Starks. I love Charles Oakley. Their numbers don't deserve to be retired. You mm. know why? That's a good debate, though. They did not win. Okay? There's a very rare case where a role player deserves You know the guy whose number I, th- I can see in a couple years? Absolutely should get retired. And I have no problem with it. And you look at him on the team right now as a role player. Andre Iguodala with mm. the Warriors. Mm. They are probably going to retire his number. He won a finals MVP. It's going to be hard. Enough to, he's an integral part. He mm-hmm. made tons of big plays in the playoffs and still continues to do so. Mm-hmm. He's an integral part of that team. He's the only role player that probably will get his number retired in the team. And I would not have a problem with it. But Nick Collison, this is what we're about now? <laughs> we are, Like I said, we are awarding mediocrity. This is where we are. That What do you tell the kids? What does this say to kids in the future? Oh, yo, you can have a career like Nick Collison, and you too can have your number <laughs> up in the rafters. Especially if you stay in the small market for 14 seasons where they haven't had much success. That's all you have to do, yeah. and you too can be a fan favorite and have your numbers up in the rafter right next to the great Russell Westbrook. I could not possibly explain this better than you, so I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> I'm just telling people what it is. This is, what we're, this is the message we're you're sending the kids. You're also speaking for me because I agree with everything you're saying. This is the message we are sending the kids. Yeah, it's like this. I mean, I, and you're one of those guys who also, like me, don't really care for participation trophies. They're, no. They're nice when you're a kid. But, this, this, but then you realize when you grow up, you're like, dog, I should have not gotten anything because then. You didn't do anything. Right. Well, not. Well, it depends. It's just, it doesn't matter if you did anything or not because you're basically on the same level of the players on the team who suck. And that's the problem and with this, it. And this is the ultimate participation trophy that's what i call it like yo you're opening up the floodgates it's like yo if hamadou diallo stays there for 12 more years are you just gonna retire his number gotta if, be sta- if, if he averages six points a game for his whole career there's got to be standards and clearly oklahoma city did not draw the line on on this standard i'm gonna continue into another sport with well, another rant why not retire uh luke ridnow or, or watson why not because they weren't there in the long enough I, why not <laughs> somebody's got some jeff stuff. green I, jeff green was the one of the first ever picks well, from Seattle, who ended up playing Oklahoma City. I would City. love somebody to explain to me the rationale for why Nick Collison's number should be going up to the Raptors. But and it, somebody not a Sonics fan. Here's the thing. 
it's not going to matter because someday some mother or father sitting in that arena is going to have to explain that to their kid. Good luck. Boomer Sison had some interesting comments. He was on a uh, he was on a radio show WEI up in Boston uh, area the other day, um, and we uh, will be we'll be doing something with somebody from somebody WEI. who works from there to, that we should have him up there. And I'm definitely going to ask him about this. Yeah, and the ridiculousness of this because I think this comment was ridiculous. I, I hope we can pull it off. So Boomer Sison was uh, praising praising excuse me. Uh, Tom Brady uh, for his performance, uh, and, you know, okay, fine, and whatever he wants to do that, against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, uh, which the Patriots won or back in the Super Bowl game, which was to much of the delight of Brian. Um, but then he said something. Look, look I, I, like, I'm so done with football. Like, I'm just, I just don't care. Like, I just don't. <laughs> I, I don't care. Dude, you're going to care about this, though. You're going to care about this. Oh, this right. guy, we'll see. Boomer Sison. Are you going to watch the Super Bowl? I haven't decided. Me neither. I watched parts of these championship games. I will. I will get to that later. I fell asleep last year. Um, after I had, I did those, not watch. After I had year. the tater tots and the eggs and the cheese and bacon that I told you about, he decided. He talked about how the Patriots pretty much have two Hall of Famers on their team: Brady, Gronkowski. Agreed. Yeah. Both Hall of Famers. Yeah. He then decided to make a Hall of Fame case for Julian Edelman. He had seven receptions, 96 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, he believes that it shows that Edelman is just as valuable, if not more valuable, than other big-ticket wide receivers across the league. Okay, come on. <laughs> so he says, I'm, here's a quote. We got we to give people the facts. Is Julio Edelman not a Hall of Famer? Now, if he was on this show. No. That's what I would have said immediately. <laughs> I'm like, you're gonna you you said that out loud as a question and thought nobody's gonna challenge you on that. Well, I don't know what that says about the people that you sit there. Put him in the Patriots the Ring of Honor. Cool. Retire his jersey. Cool. Yeah. No, Hall of no Famer. No. Bruh. No. <laughs> I know his numbers in the regular season. This quote don't add up to Antonio Brown. One thousand receiving AJ yards only Green, twice. Or Julio Jones. And he's clearly not as talented as any of those guys. But his numbers are awesome in the playoffs. He's right behind Jerry Rice. Considering these guys are still doing it, he might get a few more years in the playoffs to add to those numbers. The guy's clutching the biggest of games. I don't know what else to tell you. He is, in my eyes, truly the definition of a Hall of Famer. Make the play when the play needs to be made in the biggest games to win the game. Hey, Boomer Sison, I've watched sports a lot, a long time. There are players that have been incredibly clutch across all sports. But that doesn't make them a Hall of Famer. I think in every Hall of Fame, there should be a wing, for like the clutch wing, for people who are incredibly clutch. If it was the NBA, you put Derek Fisher. You could put Robert Horry in there. That's fine. Not a Hall of Famer. They, they made big plays, iconic moments. I will, I'm not disagreeing that Edelman has not had big catches. He's a Hall of Famer? Would he do this if Julian Edelman was black? No. Do you know who Julian Edelman would be if he was black and he was doing the same thing? Like, oh, that guy sounds Brandon a lot like Jer- Jericho Cotchery. Oh. <laughs> that's what that guy would sound a lot like. I liked Jericho Cotchery. I do. That's not a By slight. the way, they had the same amount of 1,000-yard seasons receiving. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. That, Cotchery might have had more. What's crazy is I didn't even know that off the top of my head, but they just fit into that similar kind of receiver. That's all no, I know. No, because I remember Cotchery had two seasons. I can't believe we're doing this. Cotchery had two seasons where he had 80-plus catches. With yeah, but my point is why. No, he had one of 1,000 yards, and he had another one was really close. Okay. He actually had more career receiving yards. He's not a Hall of Famer. And I like Jericho Cotchery. 
Not a Hall of Fame. You know what people are going to tell you? Oh, but he wasn't on the Patriots and they didn't win. It's this and that. But honestly, Julian Edelman plays a role that a lot of other wide receivers could play. Word. Like, that's and, that's not even to be disrespectful. And, and that's, but I, he does something that a lot of other – if he got hurt, God forbid, but if he got hurt and you had, I don't know, Chris Hogan doing that, who, you know. Same kind of receiver. Dan, Danny Amendola, if he never got banged up. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. They were doing the Julian Edelman job. Uh, Boomer Sison, man, stop it, man. Stop. <laughs> you, you're in the same way of giving these mediocrity awards. You're kind of the same person that probably wants uh, Nick Collison's number up in the rafters. <laughs> you're the, the same person. Like, you, sorry. Like, does, Ju- does, does Nick Collison's number get retired if he's black? <laughs> I don't know if that's as much of a fact. No, I know. Because, <laughs> because it's the NBA, I'm just coming at the people for this mediocrity stuff, and it's like... Julian Edelman has been a very good player. I am not even disparaging Julian Edelman. What I'm saying is, he's not even the same breath as the other people you mentioned that are currently playing. No, no. Nobody's ever going to look back at the era of football and be like, "Yo, you know what? Julian Edelman <laughs> was a top five wide receiver." Yeah, but that's what in I was going to say. Any time, he's not any any season of his career. He's never been that. No one's seen him as a top five. Maybe even top ten wide receiver. You have think to, about that. You have to do that for multiple he's not, seasons. Is he's not to he's, be a Hall of Famer? He's more often than not not been the number one receiver on this team. He has from a productivity standpoint, but you know what I mean. No, he's I, a slot I, guy. Yeah, it, he's just a really productive slot receiver in that system. Yo, not no, yo. I'm I hate, not. I hate football. So I'm not whatever. here for the mediocrity. A new daily fantasy app for prop bets is here, and it's called Thrive Fantasy. Forget the old school way of DFS. Thrive Fantasy has streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top tier athletes. That means no more salary cap. You just build your lineup around a list of prop bets. Here's how it works. For each contest, you choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that value if the prop is correct. So for example, if Tom Brady throws for over or under 250 yards, the less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth. You build your team, score around the amount of correct prop bets you select. It's easy to play, so just check out the Thrive Fantasy link in the description of this podcast and get in the game with Thrive Fantasy today. NBA, a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, We saw DeMarcus Cousins has made his return. Listen. Children, don't don't play the Warriors in 2K. If you yeah, want, first, if you want to, do you want to you you hear? Do you want to hear about my nightmare of, of playing them in 2K? Oh boy, so bad. Mine too. So bad. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I literally, I, I literally at one point put the controller down, took the took, took the five a, second violation. Oh no, no, I didn't even pause the game. It was over. There was no point in me pausing it. So let's continue. Took a couple of turnovers. Went to get myself some yogurt. Came back and then decided to play. I played it through. I took the whooping all the way through. How do you how do you defend them? Now, the one thing the game needs to turn down is Draymond Green's ability to make threes because he's not shooting it like Yo, that anymore. for but, real. Yeah. Well, there's, I have I mean. a lot of gripes with 2K. Joe Harris's release is terrible. Doesn't shoot like him. Dinwiddie's either. Tim Hardaway's is way too quick. Yep. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Uh, who else have I had issues with? Yeah, Draymond Green's, as you mentioned. He still is, can hit threes. He, he hits threes like it's 2015 still. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. But and anyway. Before, before the season, they had Karis LeVert's potential at like 79. 
Now it's overall. Well, here's 82. the thing. I'm gonna, people are going to take this as I'm not one of the people that was mad when Cousin signed there. Wasn't mad about it. Me either. Some people were mad about it. But I'll tell you what. I'm bad from a video game standpoint. It, in a video game, it does hurt. <laughs> but it does help them when you watch them. You saw what they did to the Lakers, who without LeBron and Lonzo Ball and Rachel Rondo the other night, decimated by injuries. The way they can space the floor now, especially with what I mentioned, with the way Draymond does not is not hitting the three anymore, and teams are basically just backing off of him. Yeah. But with Cousins out there, well, you saw that, I think who they played, the Clippers before that, the, Clippers. the way he's hitting threes, it's like, yo. It's not. It's He's not even, he's not even, he doesn't even have his, his legs under him yet. I think they have, It's this isn't going to happen because I think the Thunder are going to give him a series if they meet up. They have a legitimate chance of going 16-0 if DeMarcus Cousins could be like DeMarcus Cousins. It'll be interesting if they get up if they if they can do it. Like I'm not I'm like that's something I'm going to be watching for. I don't think they are just because like I think Oklahoma City is good enough. I think that's probably their main competition right now in the Western Conference. I think after that's a huge drop off. After a huge drop off. Unless because unless I, I just, see what the Rockets can do when Chris Paul gets back. I just don't trust that he's going to be that healthy. And to be honest, he wasn't even playing that well before he got hurt. I mean, he I mean James Harden's on another level, but he's not doing all this in the playoffs. No, and then recently James Harden's been on this other level, but they've actually been losing the last couple of games. The Nets had a good win against them. Um, which, you know yeah. what, you look at the rest of that Houston roster and you're just like, mm, Yeah, like, I, 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 I actually, I like Oklahoma City a lot because of how Russell Westbrook's seemingly turned to Paul George and allowed him more so than he has in the past with Kevin Durant to just do his thing on offense. Well, Russ Westbrook's also shooting like the worst three-point percentage of his career. So I think he's probably decided like, yo. But he's also I'll... been passing better, which is what I've been trying to say to people for all these years. You talk about Russell Westbrook, you can't win a championship with him. Shout out to our boy Chris Mills um, and other people <laughs> who feel that way. Oh, he's too selfish. Well, he's still passing the ball and he's been deferring. So how selfish is he? I don't think you could unless you had somebody like Paul George or Kevin Durant with him. And he's deferring to them. Everybody, yeah. everybody needs help. But that's what I'm saying. West, like, yeah. The one thing I like about Westbrook is his shot has been good for three. He has his attempts have gone down. He has been overshooting it, and I think he's. It's actually oddly enough, I see him playing more within the flow of the game, and I right. like that. And I think that's growth. And this is why you got to let people grow. Now, will he continue to do this in the playoffs? Yes. Okay. You I do. So? I do. I do. I'm a Westbrook fan. I've been rocking with Westbrook. I will wait and back. see. I don't think he's going to be jacking in the playoffs. Unless the three gets Pause. better. I don't think he's going to be jacking in the playoffs. <laughs> I didn't say jerking. I said jacking. All right. Jacking the shots, man. It could have been jacking off. But all right. No. <laughs> no. But anyway, uh, I think Oklahoma so City, sure. Oklahoma City, no pun intended, is the stiffest competition for the Golden State Warriors. Boo. Um, I think Utah's gonna get it def- get it together defensively, but they need to get some help. Man, they don't have they need that. Um, they go after Melo. Melo ain't going to Utah. <laughs> I mean, does Melo have a choice? I mean, he should look, look. I I would like that for Donovan Mitchell. For I mean, their second guy is Joe Ingles, right? <laughs> Maybe Rudy Gobert, but it's Joe Ingles. Because he's your second, he's your second that's ball not, handler. That's not good. He's your second ball handler on that. Should team. be Rubio. Other than Rubio, good. but like Rubio, I mean, Joe Ingles is. I, look, you know what? I told you before. I'd like to go see see Utah go get Kevin Love. I think that's who they should go get. Or Tim Hardaway. Oh no, that wasn't you. That was somebody else. Somebody else told me. Durrell. I think it was. I think it was. Of course it was. I think it was. <laughs> of course it was. Um, but also uh, Denver. I really like Denver. 
I think that they are. I told you, I liked them from the beginning of the season. They have one of the more balanced units, and it didn't bother you. They got their ass handed to them by Golden State. Well, they're not going to beat Golden State, no. but I'm just saying, like in terms of if I'm power ranking, and I don't care for power rankings because they don't matter. But if I'm power ranking teams in the Western well, Conference, well, just don't then don't power rank. <laughs> okay, if I'm ranking teams in the Western Conference, or I'm assessing from one to eight, who do I think has the best chance to win a championship? Uh, Golden State is one, and they're probably the only team on that list. However, Oklahoma City two. is probably right after, and then I, I'm putting Denver ahead of Houston. I have no problem with that. My concern And with, I'm not sleeping. Not, not enough I, people are talking about Isaiah Thomas is coming I back. think that's huge. I like Denver. They're deep. They're young. Jokic is a beast. I love watching what he can do with the ball. Here's my only concern. One thing. Hmm. They look to me like they are primed for an upset special. They get the mm, wrong team in the first round. They're Portland round this year? Because they don't have experience. Yeah. No, I can Nobody see has that. playoff experience I can see in that, that And they almost made the playoffs last year, but Minnesota yep. got them. Uh, and Minnesota did that. Why? Jimmy now, Butler. I, now, I, I th- you know what I call see? I can see them winning their first round, but I can see that first round being tough for them. I can see that, but too. But they're good. They play good defense. They're, they're good enough there. They, they It's... Look, it's interesting. They're just young, and I worry about that as we get to when the lights get brighter and the noise the arenas get crazier. That's what I worry if, about. If if the playoffs were today, they would play the Clippers. I'm not. I don't think the Clippers are going to stay in the playoffs. I think they're going to be out, and I think Tobias Harris is going to frolic into free agency, a free man, um, because the Lakers are ninth and they're not going to stay there. They have LeBron. They'll be back. Um, look, if the Lakers can't get up to where I thought they were going to be. Because I didn't anticipate this, the bottom just totally falling out and LeBron getting hurt, obviously, and missing a month, maybe in counting. Um, look, the Nuggets could play the Lakers in the first round. That's a team, and that's a matchup that's scary. It scares <laughs> and, me. And, and right there, I'm like, whoo, that's Lakers. A good, that's also a good series. I think I think that series could go six to seven. Ooh, that, that, that could be fun. I don't think, I like I don't think the that. Nuggets are going to get punked in the first round. No. But I think somebody could give them a tough first round matchup and it wouldn't shock me if they got upset and I also don't think very it, possible I don't think it would be an indictment against them or failure they're a very young team so now that I'm looking at see. it now that I'm looking at it, a lot of these teams would make me nervous if I'm Denver because of experience like you're talking about you're talking about the Spurs being six and the Nuggets are probably, what I'm saying. the Nuggets are probably not they might stay second but I don't know that that's, that's they what pro- I'm saying what if they look in all likelihood the Thunder will probably pass them at some point down the line and guess second, maybe, maybe I not, mean, I, because Denver does have that home court advantage, similar to what that George Carl team did yeah. uh, when they were like the best home team in the league. Games. And guess where they lost? Round one. Round one. <laughs> yeah, that was a young team too. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah, this team is a little better. Yeah, I think I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a little better. But look, there's no like you're not talking about an easy matchup when you're talking about they could play the Rockets in the first round. Nothing the in Spurs, the West is easy. They could play the Jazz. They could play the Lakers. The Clippers is the only one where I'm like, I think the Nuggets could take them in five. But I'm not, like, super confident But the Clippers play hard, man. The yeah. Clippers play hard. They do, and Doc, they have Doc Rivers. The I mean, West, something the, to be the West, all I can say is watching the seedings through from March into early April is going to be fun, mm. and the West is fun. In the East, um, I'm going to revisit something again. Uh, it's good. The teams I'm watching in the East right now is, like, are Philly and Boston going to get their stuff together? Are they going to make a push? Philly seems like they've kind of been turning a little bit. They have a very tough schedule. They've been playing okay through it. They destroyed the Rockets as they should have with only Harden, and they did that last night. That was a good sign to me. I like when you 
I killed like, not a bad team, but an average team right now because they're not healthy. I like what I Corey Brewer did. Him. Yep. I like what Corey Brewer did. That's I, my kind of defense because I, I was that kind of annoying in, in uh, back in the day. Yeah. You're still annoying. <laughs> Which doesn't surprise. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like 1,000%. Um, I like you could ask people too. the Celtics uh, <laughs> stuff with Kyrie and the young dudes and Kyrie. What do you think about Kyrie? Uh, you know, talking about he called LeBron, and now he kind of understands how LeBron was trying to lead as he's trying to lead the young guys. And I guess he realizes that he used to be the kind of like jerk, jerk young dude who didn't want to listen to LeBron. He's he he's he's going to the Lakers next year. <laughs> How'd you feel about it? If you're a Celtics fan, that would hurt. No, I know he's promised them like, oh, you know, I'm coming from back. No, 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 whatever, no, no, whatever. No, no, no. Who cares? No, first of all, that all that. You see, when somebody said that, I wasn't the person getting caught up in the hype. You know what that means? All that, all he was saying there was, I know you can pay me the most, so I'm letting you know you should pay me the most. That's all that meant. <laughs> that didn't mean like, because he could say that now, and then when he talks to these other teams and be like, I don't want to be there. But y- yo, it's I it mean, took the pressure off the situation for the season. But That's all it did. Here's the thing: you got Rondo and you got Lonzo right now. One, neither of them could stay healthy. Evidently, two, Lonzo sucks on offense. And then uh, Rondo, he was playing pretty good before he just got hurt. He was actually playing. Pretty he, good. He, come on, he was playing pretty. Is good, he man. that much better than Frank Milikina right now? Like, like, let's keep it real. Because uh, perce- he's shoot, he's shooting forty something percent on free throws. Well, that's what scares me. <laughs> you can't trust them Nilekina's to be on the court in the last eight minutes of a playoff game. I don't, and I trust I trust the ball. Nilakina. Here's the thing: Lonzo Ball is more aggressive and will penetrate more and find his teammates. He, he's a better rebounder. Lon, he's not a better defender. Although Lonzo Ball is a good defender, Nilakina is a much better defender. Their shot. Look, at, but look how I probably trust Lonzo's a little more. Look right at how now. close they are. Look at how close they are. We're talking about. I know. And this I never is somebody so, would bring this cup. This is supposed to be the point guard that's supposed to lead the Lakers into whatever LeBron is trying to Kyrie build there. Going to L.A. Why not? But he just went. He how, it, it's he not. He just a, apologized to his but boy. It's not like a, on some level. Not, I respect they, that. On some level, they still communicate. No, they, no, 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 no. Let's let's not, let, hold on. I heard this. I heard this. Somebody say this. I think it was Brian Windhorst. LeBron was shocked when he got the phone call. I don't think they were talking like that. They probably are now then. I don't know. And and if they're not because they're in season, maybe they're not. I'm sure that, look, they played together for years. For years. Here's, the, here's what doesn't look good. You can't be the dude that was like, yo, I'm trying to get away from this guy because he's sunning me. And then you go back. You can't go back. It's like it's like when you leave your house and you tell your parents. I'm not saying this happens to people. If you tell your parents, like, yeah, I'm not coming back. Yes, you can always come back home. Look, I understand that you can always come back home, but I'll tell you what, you don't want to come back home because you're coming back home like the dog with the, the wagging his tail between his legs. But but maybe, you know what, Kyrie Irving got humbled. Maybe maybe he doesn't want to do mean, this look, by himself. I mean, if he does it, I, resp- I mean, he's not doing it by himself, and I, I think he's in a good situation. That. Celtics fans will be oh, so my- pissed. Oh, my God. You Y'all got the Patriots. Shut up. You, All right, you, y'all be fine. You want the pain for the Celtics, the fans in New England. You want them to feel the pain. Listen. Could you imagine? Do you understand what you're I saying? I could imagine because a, I thought of this already. A guy in his prime. Do I think it'll actually happen if best, we're being serious? Probably no, not. But. Best offensive player on the Celtics right now says, I left LeBron, came here, wanted to beat him, got injured, missed playing against him, and now I'm going to leave and go to L.A. Drama. NBA. And Kyrie, Kyrie, let's be honest. Where would you rather be? Los Angeles or Boston? Well, I know where I'd rather be. Yeah. I also know where you'd rather be. <laughs> Definitely not 
the um definitely not Boston. Definitely not the Celtics. What a shock. So with Greg Hardy, who I almost called Jeff Hardy by accident. That would have been a terrible mistake, although they've both been arrested, which brings us to Thursday. Right. <laughs> which brings us to Thursday, uh, media day. Greg Hardy was there. Um, and that was when he was, we were in a Marriott downtown New York City, in the city, not in Brooklyn, even though the event was in Brooklyn. Uh, we were in the Marriott. Uh, the, the way it's set up is that all the fighters have their own sort of little sections in a room. And usually the main event guy is on the top or the main event two or whoever it is, men, women, whatever. Now, what they did was split up the blue corner and the red corner uh, athletes, right? So he, when they got to the blue corner, or when they got to the red corner, uh, he, since he was main event, was up there by himself. So everybody just could come talk to him and things like that. So whatever, right? Um, not much interesting that was said on uh, I ended up writing about it. You could check that out on the sports fan journal, but we get to Saturday, right? And this is where it got interesting because he was ready. Like he, he, he really, really was ready to fight. And the whole premise of my first story was that, you know, will we ever feel comfortable watching this guy fight considering the domestic violence in his past that he's been guilty of, but you know, he ended up going back to the NFL and then that whole thing. You can Google the photos if you want. I don't recommend that. Saturday, he's about to fight Alan Crowder, his journeyman opponent. And by the way, Greg Hardy leading into this fight, 3-0 and with three knockouts, all within 57 seconds. He knocked out cans, tomato cans. But still, you could tell he had some serious knockout power. Alan Crowder, uh, journeyman heavyweight. No one's ever really heard of him. Dude from Nashville. I ended up talking to him. I had a one-on-one -on -one with him. You know, he he predicted a second-round knockout that he was going to take Greg Hardy out of there. He did win in the second round, but it was by disqualification. Now, here's where I was uh, intrigued by what happened. I didn't have that much faith in mixed martial arts fans, even though like we were in New York City. I was not expecting this sort of reaction. Oh, now now I'm very interested. When Greg Hardy came out. They booed the piss out of him. I like that. From as soon as he, as soon as his music hit, it was some Kevin Gates song. He was rapping. He was feeling himself. Whatever, whatever. Like he was ready to fight. Did, what, did he look like he was shocked by the booze? No, he looked like he was just not really paying attention. And later on, after that, he was asked about that, and he said like it'd be very irresponsibly irresponsible for me to you know talk about the booze i'm paraphrasing but this is basically what he said be very irresponsible for me to talk about the booze when i had people travel halfway across the country to root for me and come with me here and things like that shut up <laughs> stop it so oh, i didn't like oh i'm not gonna talk about the booze that i definitely heard so and by the way and this was something that i picked up and the, i didn't see anywhere where this was intentional i don't know if it is intentional but his his nickname is the prince of war Right. Okay. Um, considering his checkered past, kind of an interesting choice of nickname, which is also an acronym for POW. And I don't know if anyone's picked that up, but considering that he's got domestic violence in his past, I'm not really sure that's where you want to go with but that nickname. But here's the thing. You, you're, you, we're taking a guy who had his domestic violence uh, accusations were against him in his past, uh, where there has been photos that online that you spoke about and I've seen them. And he played a violent sport, and he was allowed to come back and play in a violent sport. Thank you, Jerry Jones. And of course, then <laughs> he's now in a combat sports. Hold on. 
he is still always surrounded by violence. Saturday gets more interesting. Is anybody shocked by this? I'm not. Saturday gets more interesting. It was an interesting fight. I don't know if you would want to call it a stylistically good fight. It was an interesting fight. At one point in in in, in the first round, he actually, um, you know, he rocks Alan Crowder. They get tangled up. He gets into trouble on the ground, and he actually does an athletic move out of it. And the entire time, the crowd is booing him. Alan Crowder asked him about this Thursday about like, you know, are you do you feel like sort of the unsung hero here that people want to get behind? And he said that he's had people reach out to him like, I hope you knock him out. This isn't that because he's, in the, you know, his opponent is an abuser. This isn't that in the second round. This is how it ends there. There, you know, this is shortly after like he Alan Crowder just drops the gloves at one point. He's talking to him. Uh, like talking trash to him, trying to challenge Greg Hardy to go after him, this, this, and that. Uh, I don't remember if he knocked him down, but somehow Alan Crowder got on the ground, uh, pretty much on all fours. And then Greg Hardy knees him right in the face, which is illegal because the knee was going upwards as his arms and elbows were down, as his hands were down, basically. So that's illegal. And as soon as that happened... Everybody was like, oh, because they knew something was wrong. It was either a knockout finish because Alan Crowder was down or he got DQ'd. Referee separated them right away. Crowder was down for a while, walked around. Turns out he was fine, uh, did not speak to the media afterwards. And Greg Hardy ended up losing by disqualification, which the crowd vigorously booed him from that uh, up until, you know, he walked out. They were just booing him, giving it to him the entire night. So Greg Hardy... uh, I didn't think that he was going to get booed like that because I didn't think that people, uh, you know, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't get, have faith in people either. I, I, I just don't have faith in humanity like that. And as we've documented on this podcast before, a lot of people just don't care about women. They don't care about domestic violence. So I don't know if it was that or we're booing this NFL guy coming into our space and being the co-main event. I'm not sure that it's not that either. I don't know even how I feel about the booing because I'm like kind of glad that people were against what. Uh, it appears that he has done, but at the same time, you kind of bought a ticket to that event where he was fighting at, like in the Coleman. Maybe event. if you, in the Coleman Granted, event, the main event is a sick fight. I get it. But That's you, why they put but it there. But here's, here's if the enough people really didn't want him on the event and came out and spoke against it to Dana White, I'm sure there are people protesting it. But clearly, that voice was not loud enough. Or people just said the best way you speak with stuff is with your money, and you right. just say, "Hey, I don't care how dope that main event is. I'm not paying for this ticket." With this dude on it. But that's the problem a lot of times in sports. I think people have these morals and things they want to do, but they still can't stick with it enough to do one thing. And I understand that it's hard. Of course, yeah. I understand that it's hard. I'm not saying that it's easy. Yeah. It's not easy, but just how committed are you for the cause? It's one thing to show up there and boo, but that dude's still getting paid. Yo, and here's Dana the thing. Dana White's still getting paid off of it. Here's the thing. It, I'm not, like, objectively speaking, it was interesting. And Dana White said it after. He's gonna fight again. He's gonna give him another chance. Of course, his he's takeaway. Fight again. His takeaway was that Greg Hardy could fight. My takeaway from watching that was like, yeah, Greg Hardy could kind of fight. And you know what sells too, and people like, people want to see Greg Hardy get knocked out. Yeah. So people continue to watch. It's just for money, that man. Reason. Like the the UFC, they they're not they're not as tone deaf as they appear to be. Like they 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 they, they know that even putting him on the same card as Rachel Ostevich, Rachel Ostevich, who was. Uh, domestically abused leading up to that card and ended up losing on that night but putting them on the same card they, they you know they know, they know if other doing. people know like they, they know. know they know it was going to draw attention and it's like look in some cases good or bad 
if they get the attention, they see it as a win for them. And you know what? If you want to operate your business that way, that's fine. Now it's up for the people to decide whether or not they want to support it, whatever. Well, so, I, well what I hear from the people is we still like this violence. Right. And they, they wanted Alan Crowder to win, and that would have been something. He did win, technically, but he won by disqualification. I don't know if they're going to rematch. I don't know what they're going to do. But Greg Hardy's going to be back again. And uh, the people will be back buying to sit behind this fight. Yeah. How how You know what, though? Let me ask you this. How do you feel about him just being in MMA again, given his history? Because I, like, granted, obviously what he did was messed up or whatever like that. I don't know if he shouldn't be allowed to work again. No, I don't right? think. I don't think. But he, what he's doing now is sort of jarring. I so think. I'm, I, I think, don't really know. I how think to, we have to be careful with these things where it's like, yo, somebody shouldn't be allowed to work again. Like, people make mistakes and things of domestic abuse. My thing is about were they contrite? Uh, does it appear they're contrite? There's no way you could ever really know. Well, he ha- says that he's never told a lie. He okay. said this in the press conference. I, 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 okay, I, that means nothing to me. I don't know if he okay. did. He deny that he did all the. Domestic I never heard. Or? I never heard him say that he did. That he did. That he did or didn't do it. See, yeah, I don't. I don't even remember to be honest. Right, and he you. probably didn't say anything legally. That's a whole. Other That's thing. what I'm saying. I don't know if my, he did. Yeah, my right. my point here is: look, it's the same thing for Ray Rice. Same thing for Kareem Hunt. We spoke with Kimberly Martin about. Mm-hmm. I don't think that who's going to get another shot at the NFL. I don't think he should not get another shot at the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I think there should be some kinds of steps for him to show that he's rehabilitated himself and done it. Because my thing is always right. when these things that happen, when people say, um, "Hey, you know, uh, they come back when they get another shot." I've changed. I'm a better. I want. What exactly did you do to change? Mm-hmm. What kind of work did you actually put into change? See, and maybe, Dana White's not talking about that part. Maybe Greg, I don't know if Greg Hardy. Maybe. Sorry, maybe Greg Hardy is different. Maybe, maybe he has changed. I, I believe in second chances. I do I so. believe people deserve second chances. I don't believe anybody should be beating on women. I think it's absolutely reprehensible. I think it's absolutely awful. But I do believe in second chances. The reason why you can't be taking people's, these men, their jobs away, because when you do that, I heard a woman say this, and I wish I could give the proper credit for it because it was so spot on. Mm. When you do this, what you're then going to do, and let's say you have a woman who's in an you know, relationship. And the guy, let's say it's a football player, mm-hmm. and he's the one bringing in tons of the income, mm-hmm. and he's beating on her. Mm-hmm. But she knows that if she reports it, this dude could lose his job, changing their whole lifestyle. Now, whether she should be with this guy or not is a completely different thing. Right. But this might actually cause less women to report, which is what this woman has said this, that there actually is because of the threat of income being taken away. In America, where we make money everything... This is what could happen. And so now you're actually putting more women in danger because they might be afraid to actually say what has happened to them and report the actual abuse that's happening to them. So I think by just saying, oh, yo, this person should lose his job, that's not the solution. You got to try to help the women first and really care about the women who are being abused here and also try to help these dudes understand that, yo, you can't be putting your hands on women or you need to be dealing with your anger issues in a better way. Nobody's talking about that. Because if the only way Greg Hardy's dealing with his anger issues is getting in the MMA ring, I'm not sure that's the best thing for him. Yeah. Well, he he said he also said in that Scrum Thursday that he's going to therapy now, which I he didn't really elaborate too much well, on that. Because nobody ever asked questions enough to do it. Nobody ever says, yo, yo, hey, man, so you're in therapy. What have you learned from therapy that's helped you with maybe your anger issues or not being uh, abusive to women? Yeah. yeah. I swear, if I'm ever in a position to ask that, I'm asking that. People are scared to ask it. Like, things too. No. 
And also the U, you know, the UFC is obviously trying to stay away from that. Everybody, everybody gets to say they've just changed without ever having to explain anything. I'm over yeah. that. <laughs> Going into football, back to where Greg Hardy used to play. Oh boy, uh, your thoughts? I want to get real quick because it was all this controversy around the Saints Rams game. Uh, the call, which everybody, if you watch sports and watch NFL, you've seen this a million times now. Pass interference call. And the defensive back even admitted. Yo, which is what <laughs> makes it awful. Wait, he had a great quote, too. Like, <laughs> He was like, yo, I was expecting to see a flag. Yeah, he's like, I lit his ass up or something like that. He said, like, word for I word. I mean, he, it was helmet to helmet and it was pass interference. Yeah. Was that the worst missed call you've ever seen in sports history? I think it's up there, man. You know what's a pretty bad one? You ever seen St. John's in the Big East tournament? I think they played Rutgers or whatever it was. This was the Malik Booth team in 2011 where I forget who it was, if it was DJ Kennedy or somebody. I think DJ Kennedy was actually injured. Somebody in that game got uh, the ball with like three seconds left and was going to throw it up to sort of oh, ice the oh, game. Oh, I was there. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Was there. Two, he had clearly like two, three uh-huh. feet out of bounds. That was one of the worst ones I've ever That's seen. That's pretty bad. <laughs> this was. I don't know if this is. This is. This is. The, the the one in the the one in the Saints game was worse because of the spot yes. in terms of like you know the magnitude of the game even though the other one was a tournament game and essentially a playoff game this one my God man like the How helmet you, to helmet maybe you can miss that angle but, you can't miss that but the contact was so blatant I feel like anyone in that stadium could have seen that. I agree now with all that being said there's now this debate should pass interference be reviewable I say no you don't think so no no it's to, because because I actually think it sets a precedence of all this other stuff. You did. then why not review holding? It does set a precedent, but it's like, see, I'm torn because on one on one instance, I'm like, damn, don't you just want to get these calls right? But then in the other instance, I'm like, do you want these games to go for five hours? Well, well, that's the thing. When you start reviewing everything, and football's already long, which a lot of people don't talk about. Football's already so long with all the stops and commercials. It's only gonna make it longer. The point you bring up. Here's my thing with the situation. You saw, there's nobody, I would like, and I would, this is why I think refs should also have to talk to the media, but that's a whole other thing. I, I think, I, I have a point about that. How is it, if you're, any of the refs, any of the refs, yes. any of the four refs on the field, none of y'all could have just thrown the flag? You can always pick up the flag. You know what I think? You can always pick it up. I don't think pass interference should be spot of the ball. That's what I think. You should do it that way. Well. Do, do 15 yards. Like, well, I've always thought that i don't necessarily like spot a ball call but i just don't think because it's too far it's like yo especially with the way the game is called now if i'm on my own 46 yard line and my quarterback has a cannon and i just throw and i just go for broke go for the end zone hoping for a pass interference call i there's a 25 percent chance maybe that i'll get it and then we'll be at the one yard line like yeah. that's corny i you know, i don't just dis- I, mean? I don't disagree with that i just don't think it should be reviewable um and, okay other thing that people are bringing up overtime rules both of these championship oh, games went well, to overtime. Well, I tweeted about that. I'm, I'm, like, not, a, I'm not a fan of NFL overtime. And it's no. Even no, though they've tweaked it, I'm not a fan yeah, of Yeah, and no people like Dom who tweeted at me uh, <laughs> said that mm-hmm. I was a hater because I don't even know why she's a Patriots fan. I might have to get to the bottom of that of all people. Uh, but, mm. yeah. But both teams should have the ball I in agree. overtime. And it's it's like. It's so stupid that in in other sports, like in basketball, both teams are going to touch baseball, the ball. Baseball, you get a chance. In hockey, it's sudden death, but you know both teams are going to get the puck. Baseball, each team gets a chance. You know what I mean? Once you get into extra innings, 
it's like in football. I agree. All you could do is play keep away. Before, before you could just kick a field goal. Then they adjusted that. I feel like we're going to eventually get to a point soon that both teams are going to touch the ball because it's like, bro, I think both teams should have a chance. It's the way like that across other sports. And the most asinine thing about it, channeling oh. Stephen A here, the most asinine thing about it is that we really, really decide the game essentially. Because of a flip of yes, a coin, I agree. That's, it's the stupidest why, thing in football. Why, why? Why don't you just have it so? Aside from uh, the national anthem being played before game, why? Why don't you just have the home team get the ball first, and the road team gets a chance with the ball? And why don't you just play like maybe a short quarter, a ten minute quarter? Why don't we just do that? I feel yeah, like that would be a whole I, lot better. I agree. I, wh- why can't we just do that? I should. I should get to see. I want to see Patrick Mahomes, who I think is probably one of the most exciting players in the NFL. Get the ball. Conversely, if the Chiefs won that toss, we should be able to get to see Tom Brady respond Agreed. if the Chiefs score yes. you know, field goal, I, touchdown, I whatever it I is. I agree. I think, you know what I mean? I think like, I actually, with college football, it's not perfect, but it's funny because they do it better with officiating, with overtime where both teams at least get the ball. I don't love that each team starts on the 25-yard line. I think what they could just do is just set them up maybe at the 50 so they're at least out of field goal range. Yeah. But adopt something like that and just bring it to the I NFL. I wouldn't be mad at that. It was MLK Day uh, earlier this week. Uh, obviously, great respect in the time in this country where we actually take time to honor somebody who did a lot for civil rights, a lot for humanity, even though it's still weird in this country that we actually still have a day to celebrate somebody who didn't do as much good stuff for humanity in, Chris, in Columbus Day. Um, which, so, should not be, which should not be a holiday. But and, that's you, and, and some of y'all need to stop pointing out that, oh, Martin Luther King was a Republican because a lot's changed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Parties change. Thing, times change. And <laughs> people doing that, I think they don't really understand what he'd King is He'd be a about. Democrat now, and maybe, they, or and, he'd be independent. And they are disrespecting King's name. Now, speaking of disrespecting King's name, <laughs> we had Florida State decided to, for recruiting purposes, to use yeah. Martin Luther King. I brought this Martin to your Luther, attention a little Martin, while ago. You did, because Martin Luther King was all about that college football. <laughs> he was all about that college football. Was he really? No, man. <laughs> I don't know. No. The books that I've read, he didn't mention anything about no. that. Nobody mentioned no. anything about that. I'll tell you what, Martin Luther King would have not been for uh, what, uh, oh, what they what did. What the NCAA fact, stands for? Stand for. In fact, I'm not even sure Martin Luther King would have been for Florida State came naming their team the Seminoles. Oh, uh-huh. That's wow. a whole other problematic thing there. <laughs> right. But the Florida State Seminoles, from their recruiting account, they posted a picture. Uh, it said, happy MLK, t- MLK Day, hashtag go Knowles, hashtag do something, hashtag MLK 2019. Seems all harmless, right? And the do something wasn't big. It was big. Now, when you look, you at, can the, read when you look at the picture between the, f- the O and the S in, from doing something, yeah. Martin Luther King's out there in that iconic picture where his hand is out, I believe, after the I Have a Dream speech, and on Martin Luther King's uh, it would be his right hand is a Florida State glove. A football glove. Football glove. Yes. And people were upset about this. Rafferty shows like you don't do this to an iconic picture of Martin Luther King. And according to the Levitar show, the creative director. Who did it was black. Yes. Brother, your black card's been revoked. <laughs> um, first of all, I don't understand how this happened. Um, where were the checks and balances here? We were just saying, right, who's so in that room? They, well, who was in the room was the black dude, and the rest of the people They're, around him he probably, probably the only weren't one. black. He was the only one. They were like, yo, he's cool with it, so we're cool with it, right? Or like, or they could have been all black people. I don't know. I doubt Tallahassee, that. Florida, bro. It's college athletics, and it's Tallahassee, Florida, so I still doubt that. Right, but... It, you know, but that's it's, people move to different it's cities. It's problematic in itself that that <laughs> happened. It's like our engineer Miles was telling us about a friend he has 
who works in a place where she's the only black person. They come to her to check her for ideas. For permission. Like, permission, like, yo, can we do this because you're the only black person here? For these people to do this is just a horrible job. And I think their a quote was, however, in our attempt to, they were they basically, you know, said they regretted it. Um, and they were trying to show that if you can do great things, I can do small things in a great way. The quote resonated with the program's do something mantra, which is problematic to me because you're taking quotes from Dr. King, whose quotes were very specific. But that's what people in terms do. Of speeches, that's, that's all people do. And then make do. it into something else that it's not. That's what people do on it's MLK Day. wildly disrespectful. That's what people they do, do on it MLK all the time. Day. Yeah. I, I mean, even even the NBA does this where everybody was wearing the I have a dream shirts. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Saying you have a dream is applied to the fact that NBA players do have a dream. They're trying to inspire other players. I don't have a problem with that. It's not twisting it into something that it's not, right? But it's a, Especially in a league that is like 90% black. Super progressive, but I, right. I feel like on some level, you know, I mean, those, those shirts are not, it's not like they're not being sold. Are they? I mean, I'm sure they're being sold. I mean, I don't have a problem with necessarily being sold. I don't think you can, you can't profit off of social, you know, speaking out against social injustice. I have no problem I mean, with that. Well, Kaepernick, 19. Yeah, I don't have a problem yeah. with that. Um, I don't. I think there's nothing in the revolutionary. If you're in the right, you can't do that. If you're in the right place, right. If you're in the right place, I do think the NBA is in the right place for what they're doing. I don't think Florida State was in the right place for what they're doing. <laughs> and the only reason I think they're sorry is because they got checked on this for being stupid. Like, really, you're using Martin Luther King to recruit people because somebody's gonna look at that tweet and be like, "Yo, that's what they're thinking." They're though. really about that. MLK, that's what they're really man. thinking, though. So I'm gonna go play here. That's what they think that they're gonna get. Some, you know, and look at where they are. They're in the South. Football is big in the I South. I understand that. And I'm that's not sure. I'm, you know what? I'm not sure it's big with everybody in the South. Mm. Martin Luther King. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. But they think it might resonate again, with. Again, Florida State is in Tallahassee, Florida. It might resonate with the black players there in the South. They think it'll work. It's a horrible I, attempt. I wonder. I would. You know, I want to pull up the tweet. Uh, I think it's taken down now, actually. It's deleted. I was going to pull up the tweets to see if any of the players retweeted it, thinking that, you know. Because they probably, they're kids. They don't know. They're kids. They're no, you should know better. Me, but you they, should know better. I don't like kid- giving people that pass. You should know better. No, I that. I agree. But I'm saying, like, when they're 18, 19, they probably thought it was dope and they retweeted it. I didn't think that any of them would, thought it was problematic. Because, I mean, think about it. You find kids like, uh, for example, Lonzo Ball, who I think still might be 19 years old, who was saying Migos better than Anaz. Better than Nas, better than the Nas, <laughs> better than Nas. So it's like you're gonna find kids who don't really know about Dr. King like that. I think it's people who just need to react to everything they see on social media like There's this that too, too, and then not even question it. And so, whatever. Florida State, uh, two thumbs down for me. Horrible. Y'all need to stop with this exploiting to some degree. MLK, if you're not gonna put the words by what he st- stood for. Everybody wants to put out MLK something, MLK Day. I don't necessarily think that's bad. I think when you're attributing it to things that he didn't stand for, like recruiting of college football players, yo, you're playing yourself. Like, stop it. I think, uh, I don't know, how do you feel uh, How do you feel about Jameis Winston uh, being that he's from Florida State? I think, Nothing. I, think, I think he may have retweeted that. I think somebody told me. Well, uh, I, I of course see. he, of course he did. He needs anything to rehab his image right now. I gotta see. I gotta look, look that up. Is what it is. But it is deleted right now, so that's unfortunate that I can check because that would have been perfect. Yeah, Florida State, man, D- brother, director, <laughs> man. You ain't even got words. I even got words for you. All right, it's episode sixty-two. We got to pick a number. Uh, Brian's always talked about how the numbers were not gonna be this great into the sixties. And they are absolutely not. Take it away, Brian. Oh, man. All right. You remember Carl Hagelin? (laughs) I do. 
For New York Rangers, and uh, I don't assume you're picking him, right? No, no. You, you. We're, we're gonna get to a hockey player one day. One day. But I know. I know what number it will be, but yeah. So do I. Yeah. I know a couple. Yep. I know three actually. We'll get to the third later. Jose Quintana. Mm. Okay, I feel the same. Scott Shields. I like Scott Shields when he fits. Water goggles. Much better than James Shields. I'll tell yeah. you that right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, another one. Another pitcher. Oh, boy. Uh, Java Chamberlain. I used to like Java, man. Of course you did. I liked him. Of course. Of course. Like oh, you damn New Yorkers. Yeah. Uh, oh, now, next person is somebody who's corny. Jose Urena. Yeah. Oh, man. He's absolutely not getting picked. No way. Oh, boy. Go oh. back and listen to episode. I don't remember. We, we got 39? him for, for being. It once he being a, uh, a cooner, I was just like, no. It was early in the Gotham podcast studio era. Yes. <laughs> um, next but, up. man. Next. Oh, you were pissed that day. Al Atkinson. Don't even remember who that is. Nope. Uh, Vlad Dukas. <laughs> My man, AKA Vlad Dukas. King Ugly from <laughs> Hard Knocks. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, I was up there. I was up there with them during that training camp for a little bit. Uh, oh, do you have yeah. a Vlad Dukas? Story? No, I don't. Damn Vlad it, Dukas story. No. Damn it. Nope. I was the. I had the Greg Hardy story. You could have the Vlad no. Dukas story. No, that would have been a much brighter story. I think. No. King Ugly. Jesus Christ. I have another story I may share from one of my years up there. If we ever get this person, I'll tell you this person's up there. If we ever get them to come up here, they'll share the story with me. But that's another. This you, you know, I think you know some of the story. This isn't the one about the one from uh, Cortland. Yes, it is. Oh, so you know oh! the story. But somebody, somebody who <laughs> covers the NBA was there with me in the story. Yes, um, this needs to be told on yeah, the podcast. Needs to be told on the podcast. Cliffhanger. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Todd McClure. Nope. Marco Rivera. Nope. Chris Gray. Nope. Guy McIntyre. Nope. I told you. I tried, man. Jason Kelsey. Nope. CM Punk. Hell Here's no. why. Here's why. Because his legendary WWE championship run of, I think it was 434 days, lasted 62 weeks. So I just want to put that out there. Boo. And I was there. Well, I told hold you on. These records, hold on. Man. Hold on. I was there for the start of that run. I believe it was the start of the run. Or when he defended the title, when he defeated Alberto Del Rio at Survivor Series in 20, 2011. No thanks. It was also when the Rock team with John Cena for the first time. No thanks. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, career high, 62, 62 points. No thanks. Against Charlotte Bobcat. I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it because we spoke about him in this episode, but um, he's possible. We'll, I'll, I'll give him That's maybe my one time making exception for it. Tracy McGrady's also got a career high, 62 points. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. And okay. Scott Pollard, the only NBA player to wear no. 62. That was good. I like yo. Damn, you you like Scott Pollard? Yeah, when he played with the Kings, he was tough, man. Scott Pollard was was Scott Pollard was also a very good player at Kansas. People forget, man. Would you retire his number? <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> he's he's kind of like Nick Collison. They're, they're literally like the, they're literally close to the same player. Scott Pollard could shoot the ball a little bit better than he did. But like, man, oh man, this is a tough one. And it's not a good one, but it's a tough one. See, there's a difference. There is a difference. Um, I say, I say, here's what I say to do here. Uh, we spoke about one of these people in the NBA, and he talked about the career high. I say put both Melo and T Mac on there. Melo and T Mac get an episode, man. Seriously, yeah, I like that. Let's let's seriously, yeah, they both their career highs of sixty two was the most unique thing on here. Numbers so bad, I agree. I, I, I got it. Yeah, it was called the Carmelo Anthony. Tracy see, see, if, if if we were Yankee fans, which we're not, we would probably go Jabba Chamberlain. Actually, I don't know that because I don't know if Yankee fans really like Jabba Chamberlain. After, I don't know. After, they they, they after felt the kind of way on that. But listen, when I was in middle school 
everybody had the job of rules t-shirts to gym class. <sighs> okay. Oh my god. Yeah, you want me to throw to throw up. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Everybody had those those Ugh. t-shirts. Right, I so, remember that. All right, so we'll go with Mello and T Mac. All right, that's it for episode sixty-two of the Angel Hotel podcast. Wait, what was the game that Mello had? Covered 62? a lot. It was against the Charlotte. Uh, no, Mello was sixty-two. Uh, Mello, that one, yeah. T Mac, Orlando. I gotta find the game again. Detroit. But I, know it was I can't remember. High. I don't it, was, it was Orlando T Mac. I can't remember who they. Let me who see, let me let me see something real quick. Um, Sixty three is actually considerably worse. <laughs> okay, I thought it was gonna be no, better, but I, it's not. I, 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 I had I had zero faith. <laughs> I had zero faith that it would be better. I did not think so at all. But but I will say this: I have a choice. I'm gonna. Wait. I have a choice for that. Well, I didn't mean to. Say, I didn't mean to say it like with the "I have a dream" so, cadence. That yeah. wasn't meant to be offensive. Ah, very good. <laughs> that wasn't meant to be oh, offensive. Yeah. <laughs> no, stop using. Stop using MLK, man. Don't make me have to come across this table. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I caught that there. I was like, I don't want people to, you know. You, know what I'm you did not have the cadence. Trust me. Um, we will. We'll. We'll. we'll I'm not worried about 63. I, we'll get to the hard. There's a jet there who you're not gonna like. I'm sure I won't. <laughs> Uh, I think I know who it is too. And I'm gonna pick him. Uh, okay. I think because uh, of her whatever. All right, that's it for episode 62, the Carmelo Anthony T Mac episode. We had a lot to cover on here. Uh, remember, the message we want to leave you with from this episode is: please, do not promote, do not award mediocrity. You can do better than that. You can do better than that for yourself and the way you look at other people. Uh, please continue to support us. We thank you for all your support. Uh, check out our sponsors. Please also continue to support us on Patreon for extra content that we're doing. That's it for Brian Fonseca. I am Dexter Henry. Don't be mediocre. Until next time, peace. <laughs>